So I panicked and I, ran, I hit a guy in the shoulder and I was like, is this just the elite? Did they get to go first? I was losing my mind. He's so yeah, and he goes, no, didn't you hear me? There was an hour, or didn't you hear the announcement? There was an hour and a half delay. Welcome back to the next episode. Today is going to jump around a little bit. It's the BMO. Hillary runs a marathon, road marathon, as fast as she can episode. I start with a few minutes on training, on getting ready, what it feels like, why we did this, who I'm running with, what we're going to eat, all the details, training tips that we can think of. And then I'll do a post-race breakdown of how it actually goes. I might put in, in like 30 seconds, part of this intro that gives you how the end time was so that you know how my prediction, when I make that prediction, actually was. So this will be like one of those shows that jumps forward and back and you just have to stay with me. But right now I want to talk about the sponsors of this show. So we have a new sponsor, Spartan Trail Races. Really excited to be working with them. They reached out and thought we might be a good fit because they have kids races and the Spartan kind of whole family is putting on so many things that are great for families that include the obstacle course racing, that includes the trail running. And I'm kind of extra excited about that side of it because as you guys know, if you follow me on Instagram at hillsport55, that's something my family is super stoked about. You can see Baker there training, doing his burpees, and we are big on it next year. So go to their website, spartantrail.com, to check out a list of races that they have there. And I have the best discount code for you guys ever because I have entry for free into a race for you. I have 50 of them. So it's going to be the first 50 people that get this done get to find out what the discount code is for a free entry into the race. It's so amazing. All you have to do is... Post a picture of yourself running. Everybody does that anyways. Use the hashtag Spartan Trail, S-P-A-R-T-A-N Trail. Tag at Spartan and at Hillsport 55. And I will DM you that code. It's that simple. It's good for any race in 2022. And some of them are just trail races. So you don't have to jump into the obstacles just yet. You can get a feel for Spartan and just do an awesome 5 or 10K or ultra trail race near you. I'm so excited. I really want to see those pictures, but I want to see who goes to the races. Guys, check them out on the website. They have them in the most gorgeous places. Uh, Baker is definitely going to do one next year. It's trail racing, obstacles, strength, everything to do with being an awesome athlete in the forest. And you get to do it for free. All you have to do is hashtag Spartan Trail, tag Spartan, tag Hillsport 55. Check out the show notes if that was too much to remember. Guys, do it. Free entry into a race. The other podcast sponsor is Gooder Sunglasses. We still have our discount code TRW15 for 15% off, and they are freaking amazing. They don't slip. They don't bounce. They're so fun, and running is fun, and I'm going to wear them on Sunday. I just got Nessie's Midnight Orgy, which is hilarious, but they're a beautiful green. The colors are absolutely amazing. They're coming out with new styles, so you are sure to find some that will fit your face, and you can go to their website and see what they look like on you for online ordering. And I was just saying to Katie that I keep trying to online order shorts and they don't fit. I'm on try like 24. So the fact that you can A, return them, but B, try them on your face on your computer first is a win-win. So go to gooder.com backslash TRW to see some of my favorites and use that discount code TRW15 for 15% off at checkout. Okay, let's get into my pre-race nervous rambles. Okay, it's April 28th. We are three days away from the BMO Road Marathon. We, as in Katie and I, have been training for this marathon 
since, well, after our long trail events that we both ran in September. And I can honestly say, I feel like it took three months of speed work before I started to actually feel a difference. So we both rested for a long time because our runs were long. Hers was significantly longer than mine. And probably started end of October, early November with speed work mixed with a lot of skiing and sort of winter activities. And then really started to do a better job in January. I didn't really feel like I saw results from it until end of January, middle of February, and then definitely by March. So that was interesting. And I've said on the show before, I've thought about doing speed work. I've started to, and then either been very sidetracked by a tempting long distance trail event or I got pregnant. So there wasn't a lot of consistent speed work for a road race day after day in my life. And that was in the back of my mind as something I wanted to do and to see what happens. So I finally said, this is the year we are doing a road marathon. Katie said no. And I said yes. And she said no. And I sort of knew she'd come around. And eventually she said, okay, I'm in. And the reason was that she would have too much FOMO if I went out and had a super fun day and she didn't get to be there. So here we are. It has been harder than training for a long distance trail event. Um, Physically, well, maybe not, just different. But mentally, also maybe not, just different. I guess in the moment, like the long intervals and the long tempos, it's just hard to try to hold a pace on the road. It's something different. Where long distance trail running is like, yeah, of course it's hard if it's eight hours, nine hours in the trails, but it also is just this super fun, long adventure type day. So this was, again, just different, not in my wheelhouse. But for some reason now there is a pressure, but a different type of pressure. So again, I guess everything's just different. So with the trails, like going into Finlayson, I knew I'd trained pretty hard and I kind of expected to perform a certain way because I felt like I had prepared to run a certain race. Now that is the same for the road marathon, but equally... I'm never really going to be that fast on the road. I guess in the long distance trail, I was prepared to get through any of the problems that might come up. I was prepared to handle any situations, stomach, nutrition, anything that came throughout the day to run my best. And that is kind of a different puzzle than now I'm prepared to just see how hard and how far I can run. But the expectation is different because... I'm just not a super fast road runner. So it is entirely just about running my best. And I guess there's some freedom in that and kind of no, nobody cares about how fast I run a marathon. And this is entirely just for me to see if I put in consistent hard work for a few months, what will that feel like? And that feels really cool. I don't know that I've been this consistent training for something in a long time. And again, I was for the trails. I don't miss workouts too often, but consistently putting in, um, I guess more, what's the word? Specific paces and changes of speed, Um, structured training, I guess, instead of, hey, let's get time on your feet ready. 
so I've really enjoyed that and I'm I'm excited to see what happens and I'm not nervous I know it's gonna hurt but I feel like I've tapered well I feel like I've done everything I can do and now I just kind of get to see what I'm capable of and what Katie's capable of and that should be fun I mean could we do better probably we both got COVID there were trips I'm sure we'll learn so much on race day that it would be nice to try it again. So who knows? Maybe I'll be here again in a couple of days doing my recap saying like, I know this is where I couldn't improve. Or maybe I'll be like one and done, never again. So the training was pretty cool. I actually had a lot of people on Instagram reach out and ask how training was going or what it was like. And it was different from what I expected. My coach did things more based on time. And the intervals were all relatively short and they got longer every week, but they had breaks in them. So Katie and I ended up having two different coaches that had very similar training plans, but hers were like a 40 minute tempo and I would have like four times 10 minutes with 90 second break. So I think that helped because I kind of said if I'm on the road for a long time, I get injuries. So that helps mitigate that a little bit, just giving your body a couple of seconds to feel a bit better in between intervals, to feel better, to lay on the sidewalk and die. And both systems, I think, work. I found this mentally easier to handle. So one of the things I said going in was that when it's long tempos, I start comparing my time so much to like the week before and you can be carrying different fatigue. Um, and the bottom line, the most important thing is consistency and doing the work all the time. So we found a way to make it so that I enjoyed going out and doing it every day. So I'm super thankful for that. And then knowing that another coach was doing kind of the same thing and they didn't talk to each other and they didn't know each other also really helped trusting in the program. And it's so nice to just be like, all I have to do is what's on the paper today and I don't have to think about the marathon. And what ended up happening was my goal started to get narrower because I realized kind of where I would be instead of knowing that I had a bunch of work to do to get to a certain pace. I just sort of let each day happen and then ran a few 5K races and a 10K kind of time trial and then was able to think about what might be a reasonable goal. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but I do find it was similar to when you're in a long event to just really break it down to what's right in front of you and that was less overwhelming. So I'm excited to just see how it all shows up because we did not spend very much time, if at all, in marathon race pace for a super long time. So in on one hand, it's kind of this exciting surprise of what do shorter intervals at a faster pace turn out to be when you times the distance by a bunch and go a bit slower. <laughs> so it'll be a good day. And the event that we're doing is fun. It is busy. So in-person events with a big crowd, people making noise, it's just really exciting as long as the wind holds off because it does go around the ocean quite a bit um we should be pretty good and i'm really just looking forward to getting back in the trails after and going for really long walks uphill and i titled this episode road running in the winter and trail running in the summer and i think there's so many benefits to that and one of them is just something different something exciting working on faster turnover and the quick twitch side of things, which especially if you are here where there's so many mountains and so much technical terrain, you do lose that a little bit. And then seeing how that will translate into trail running again. And then it also was like a different sport. So the workouts are shorter usually, 
and you can get them in while the light is out, the light is out, the sun is out, and then in the summer you get to look forward to go back into the trails for some crazy long adventure. So um, I think it's a really nice change for the body too and my knees don't have to go downhill for a little bit and then now I get to kind of change into more strength stuff. Um, so I just think variety is really good and again that's all personal but it has made it so much extra fun for me to do different things and I feel so lucky that I have like a group of friends that is willing to just try a bunch of crazy stuff too. A bunch of other people in our group are doing the Chicago Marathon uh, so we get to cheer them on. But man, I am excited that this is done in May and then it's time to go into the trails. Katie and I are gonna wear matching outfits, as one does. Um, what are we gonna wear? Lulu has new Align shorts that have pockets in them, so they're still so soft, they feel like nothing, but they're long enough that there's no chafing, and then there's pockets for your gels. And uh, the water situation is a bit tricky because it might be warm, so I guess just taking advantage of the aid stations, but getting in a little bit of water as fast as you can. Plan to try and eat a gel every like 45 minutes, which is way more than I've ever done for a road marathon. Um, it's so funny when I think back to my first one, I think I ran 30 once and I just sort of decided I would do it. I was 20 something, 22, somewhere around there. Before my knee surgery, I'd only ever run a half marathon once and I just wanted to do something, um, to work towards something, hockey was over. And so I picked this marathon and I thought it was the most daunting thing in the world. And I set out with no, water and no food and I'd eaten not well the day before um and yeah we know that's a recipe for not running that well and then I've run two other marathons that were not at the end of an Ironman so I can't believe this is Ironman number, or marathon number four one of them was I walked into a store to sign up for the 5k that was the next day and the person there said you should run the marathon tomorrow and I said okay so I did so I had 24 hours to prepare and we were at a party the night before so again I think there was some like chicken wings and stuff my guts didn't do well and that one ironically was my fastest point it was 347 and it was really just, why did I decide to do this yesterday and then another one was 11 days before I was just on a road trip and I just felt like doing it. Um, and again, obviously, 11 days is, do you cram train or do you start tapering and do you start eating? I don't know, but whatever it was, it wasn't going to work. And I think that was like four hours and one minute or something. So we sort of know where like my base no training running lives at with no speed work. Um, and that is somewhere between 3.45 and 4. So we shall see what some work turns into. Let's see how Katie's feeling a couple days before and hopefully the next time you hear from us it's super loud and we're excited at a pub and everything has gone well. Okay, I'm here at the pedicure place with Holly. Um, getting my toes race ready. That's probably the only part of me that's going to be ready. Um, tapering. Well, except that run with you. I've done absolutely nothing except we're going skiing tonight with the dogs. And then I guess I'll run 20 minutes and then that's it. But I'm excited that you're excited because at least that's one of us. All right, I'm here in the hotel the day after. I've got Andy to talk about the spectator side of things a little bit. 
It did not go 100% as planned for me, but I will talk about that. Katie crushed it at three hours and seven minutes. I was behind her at three hours and 15 minutes and 59 seconds. So about five minutes slower than I wanted to be. But again, we'll get into those details and that's just part of road racing. It doesn't always go perfect. I'm still happy with that. That's still a really um, hard time for me to run. So yeah, it is what it is. The best part about this race was the amount of support we had from our friends. And I'll talk about that again. But man, they were awesome. They were all over the course, which spreads around the town. So they had to do some serious biking. Um, so huge shout out to Megan and Claire who crushed the cheering section and everybody in the race was like commenting on our people. And then everybody else along the way was so fun. It's such a huge race. Um, so we'll get into that. I will get into all of those details, but I'm here with Andy who's in the hotel who supported. So how we dealt with it logistically with the kid was I slept downtown near the race start the night before and then got it all set up so that Andy could come drop the dog off and then um, come down to the finish line. So say hi, Andy. Hi. Andy's my husband. He hasn't been on the show for a while. Um, he's older now. So are you. Thank you. When yeah. was the last time I was on the show? I don't know. It was for... Might have been for Katie and I, which would have been like two years almost. Uh, for the two-lumine run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how was your day? Yesterday was great. It was a good day. Andy's chatty, so he's a great interviewer. <laughs> well, what would you like to know? So how is it as the supporting role with a toddler? What are some key points to make that go smoothly? The live tracking on the race. Helps. That was a big one. Because um, did, you did send us a message that the race had started later, um, which was good to know. But to be able to live track you, we could be down at the finish line. 20 minutes before you were going to finish, half hour-ish. Right. And not have to worry about it, not have to worry about potentially missing you because we could we could see you along the entire way. That actually is a really good point. If you have a little tiny human and you want to do a race, finding one with live tracking is a nice touch. Yeah, that was big because we were right at the finish line and we were only down there for probably 20 minutes before you crossed. Nice. But... Um, and that allowed us enough time to kind of get situated and he didn't get super crazy. Crazy, Yeah, he, he was able to chill on my shoulders the entire time. Um, it, made, he, it made a big difference it, and it took a lot of anxiety out of it because I never want to miss your finish. Right. And I was like, even though I did have live tracking, I was like, oh man, I hope you're not too late. Well, yeah, because things can go wrong. There's right? always that, right? But um, no, it was great. But this is a huge race. like Yeah. Yeah. Over yeah. 10,000 people. Yes. And then spectators. And it's all fenced off in a really busy part of downtown. So, like, if the kid goes crazy, that's a big... That's an issue. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then what are your other key points? Lots of food. Snacks. Snacks. Change of pants. Should have brought a change of pants. Well, he either got poo in there, didn't there? Yeah, that's it's on, the, it's on my shoulders. My jacket now. But he's also super social, so then when people started finishing, he was like racing random racers, and he came into the finish line yeah. thing, so that was really fun. Yeah, it was just, I was just worried about the downtime of waiting at the finish line. If that was too long, then he just gets toddlery. Mm -hmm. 
Were you guys um, disappointed that I wasn't faster? Not at all. You did amazing. Were my parents probably speculating I wasn't going to be happy? Well, we were all speculating you weren't going to be happy. Because <laughs> like seven minutes slower than you wanted to be, which is still really, 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 really good. Especially because you had to stop a few times. Yeah, and so Aunt Katie was making fun of me because of the um, analyzation. But she was about eight minutes in front of me. Which, like, maybe isn't that far off from us, both going hard effort for three hours. No. Well, we were tracking, your dad was tracking both of you. And we could see you had a little stop about 3K out, what would it have been? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but the GPS is funky there, too. Oh, is it? Yeah, but that's when my stomach got really bad. Yeah, because you were, we were tracking you before that, you were gaining on her. Oh, really? Yeah, and then and then you stopped, or your GPS stopped, and hers kept going. So we were, we thought that you were picking up the pace again, because it looked like you were clicking away. I was trying really, to. Really, really, really quickly, yeah. Yeah, you ebb and flow pretty good, but then... Um... Which is also kind of neat with the live tracking, yeah. especially with there's two of you, yeah. and you guys were so close. Yeah. It was, it was neat. Well, that's fun. Yeah, it was fun. Your dad was super into it. Of course he would be, right? Like, yeah. Like, he had you guys. Dialed in. Yeah. Um, so we also had another friend who ran 258, Sarah Carter, which is fucking crazy. I saw her. Yeah. I saw her finish. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Squamish? Is she from Squamish? No. No? No, she's local, but sub three is totally crazy. Okay. Yeah. So the morning up, I'm in the, I'm in the hotel and I was like, what I'll do, because I used to live down here and I remember I did this the one other time I ran this marathon. I was like, I will get a cab in the morning. And then I called down and was like, hey, can you call me a cab at 7.30? And the race starts at 8.30, thinking I'll get there, like, right at 8, which is not super early, but I don't care. Like, I don't – I know the drill, right? I'd rather just get there right on time. And they were like, we're not – we can't book cabs because there's not very many on the street and everybody's going to the race. Hmm. And I was like, shit. He's like, so all you can do is come down and flag one down. And in front of a hotel, usually there are lots. But that's a little bit of stress of like, fuck, I better go now because if I'm super late, that sucks. So I go down and I actually got a cab pretty quick. So I got him to park me, park me, drop me off um, a little bit farther away from the finish line and I would kind of walk, jog there and then I would feel warmed up. So I did that and then I couldn't find Katie anywhere and I was looking around for the washrooms because I didn't want to carry my phone. So I didn't have my phone with me. And then I got, I noticed that everybody was in the start line area already and thought like why am I the only one not over there or why are there so many people not in there like it just was something was off but I couldn't figure it out so I started to go to the front to get like because there's gates all the way along right so that I could get into the black bib area I heard the announcer say okay starting in 90 seconds <laughs> and I was like what the fuck so I panicked and I, ran, I hit a guy in the shoulder, and I was like, is this just the elite? Did they get to go first? I was losing my mind. He's so confused. Yeah, and he goes, no, didn't you hear me? There was an hour, or didn't you hear the announcement? There was an hour and a half delay. Like, what? He's like, yeah, there's a police incident, and I guess, like, for road closures or something. So that's all they told us. But then they were like, we'll still try to have the marathon not too delayed. Okay, so we were just sort of standing there. So then they said, should be 10 minutes. Okay, we'll do a quick little warm-up. 
And then they said, okay, it should be nine. And we're like, okay. So Katie wanted to do like a bigger warm up and go to the bathroom again. So we did. And then we got back there and then they're like, oh, we're still waiting on confirmed time. And we were just like, what the actual fuck? I looked down and I was at 10,000 steps and it was nine in the morning before my marathon. You know what? That kind of sucks. Like, that's not ideal. A little warm up is great. I felt that a little bit and I'm sure everybody did. Everybody fought it a little bit. And they still didn't tell us why. And we just assumed there weren't enough cops and the road closure wasn't working or something. It wasn't until we got to the finish line that there was a, we found out there was a bomb threat and it was all over the news and they just didn't tell hmm. us. So the cop got rid of this suspicious bomb package and that's what the delay was. I guess they didn't want us to panic. Did you know that? I had no idea. I wasn't listening to the radio at all though. Crazy, hey? Yeah. Yeah. And I was nowhere near the course to get in here either. So I wouldn't have seen anything. Yeah. Because I went all the way around by the water and in. Yeah, the roads were all closed. Yeah. I guess in hindsight, it's not a bad idea to flip on the old local news channel and the drive-in to see what's going on. Yeah, I mean, not the worst idea. Didn't even think about it. Huh. I so, heard, so I had an athlete also PB the half marathon. Liz did super well. She got 145, which no. she didn't think she was capable of, and I knew it because her times are fast. Um, and so she had to stand at the start line for an hour and a half. Like, Gross. that sucks. Gross. Right? Yeah, that's the worst. That's so the worst. Okay, so Baker is about to disrupt us, so I'm going to take a little break and revisit this in a second. All right, I'm back, solo style, to finish the race recap and the experience that was the BMO Marathon. So we are 45 minutes late starting. Felt like a little off. Also, the food that you then eat for breakfast, suddenly the timing is way off. I kind of ate earlier than I wanted to anyways. So I started to get tummy grumbles right before the race started of hunger, which is not ideal. So I took a pre-race gel, which I normally wouldn't do just because the amount of gels throughout the race that we were trying to take to try to keep a fast pace was going to be questionable on my stomach anyways. So again, not ideal, but I mean, shit's always going to happen. So you sort of just have to be able to roll with it, right? Um... So we did that, race started, first 8K are kind of rolling hills, but primarily a slight descent, and they felt fantastic. And we were actually laughing because we were running way too fast. But because we are trail runners, I think, our quads can kind of handle more of the downhills. People say don't blow up in the downhills, you could ruin your quads, but I've never had that be an issue before. So we figured, let's take advantage of it, and we did. And we got to 9K, which is where the biggest uphill climb, about a kilometer with a lot of elevation for a race, for a road race, um, happens. So the total climbing was about 250 meters, which is like 800 feet, um, which for a road race kind of sucks for me. Like, I don't like to run uphills fast. I like to climb mountains. This is different. And the hill absolutely killed me that was a tsn turning point in hindsight i should have been more clear with my coach on what the hills were like in the race and done more fast hill running it's so funny how that's so freaking obvious and yet did not do it and my races have like ten thousand feet in trails but it's different um because you're just trudging straight uphill but to try to hold the pace running on a hill harder for me so we get to the top, 
Um, and we were still in like great, doing great timing. But I felt like I couldn't quite recover from that. So it was shortly after that, like around 12 or 13K that I was like, Katie, you better just go. I need to kind of gather myself here. Um, and so she took off, never to be seen again. And I was like, you know, you're going to have lows. And I'm just having one quite early, but that's okay. Um, and then I kind of got back in the groove and felt fine. And was like, if I just keep running in this space, like the day's going to end up just fine. So I'll just keep on running along. And then at 17K, we saw our friend, Zuh, Claire and Megan. Um, and that kind of gives you a nice little pump up. And I knew there was a long downhill at 20K going into the half. And I was pretty excited for that because I thought I might be able to make up some time and gather my self rest, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um, and again, people are like, don't blow your quads up on this. And I was like, I'm just going to let it loose and see how it goes. So I did pass a lot of people on that hill. Now, the very disappointing part of that was that I got a rock in my shoe and I it went under my sock and I was like, F, I need to take this out now because if I don't, it's just going to get worse. And in an hour from now, this will be something that breaks me. So I had to stop mid downhill and take the heel of my shoe off and get the rock out and then start again. And that is like, I mean, maybe the whole thing took 30 seconds, um, but it's still demoralizing because you are like, this is where I was going to make up my 30 seconds and now I'm stopped on this hill. And you all know that feeling where you start running and then you stop running and it takes like, it takes no more than four seconds to feel the pain and then starting to run again is quite challenging. So that's where we were at. Crossed the halfway mark at an hour and 32, which was also a five minute PB for my half marathon time, which I was like, this is great. But also, is that faster than I want to be? I don't know. But it really, it was right on where I thought we would kind of be. But I sort of knew with the wind the way it was that the next 10K was going to be very challenging until you get to 30K. And it's rolling hills with a couple punchy little uphills and then just a very slight incline for part of it with wind right in your face. And I... I really had a struggle on this point. We did see our friend Julie, who then ran two or three K uh, beside the race, yelling and cheering. And that was really fun. And I was beside a wheelchair athlete who was absolutely crushing. And that was pretty cool. And kind of thought, this is where I knew I would want to give up. I mean, it's a bit early <laughs> for that. But at the same time, it is where you're, you still know there's so much of the race left and trying not to think about that and break it down but it's still just this sort of dark cloud of knowingness so my plan was just to get over the Burrard Street Bridge and take it from there and I was pretty excited when I got over the Burrard Street Bridge and I had some Diet Coke and that made me feel great and this was about 30k and then it was okay just tick away the kilometers get through this I started to get some stomach cramping around this point, and this is where you go around the seawall and then you finish, that was unlike anything I'd ever had in my life. 
I can only describe it as though you are getting a calf cramp or a quad cramp, Charlie horse, you know, the ones where you, they are like seizing so bad that you don't think you can move it anymore. That is what was happening to my whole torso, which was a very odd feeling. And it crossed my mind, perhaps I needed salt, which I wasn't going to find then. But I still couldn't quite sort out what could possibly be causing this because it's not that you are really using your stomach muscles a whole lot to run. I mean, you are, but not the same way that a calf or a quad would be overused and then seize up. So I was very confused. <clears throat> Decided to just keep running. I was not going to give up. That was the one goal I had. And at this point I was laughing when I saw everybody at the finish line because I was definitely in the blower upper section of the race. So probably everybody I was with really wanted to get a low three number and around the 30 to 35k mark was the end of life for a lot of people. I saw a guy just face down on the ground with the medical people running to him. One guy was running along and just took a sharp right into the forest and never to return. Somebody else just ran into the ocean. There were people on the side of the road seawall sorry so it's very thin so you see everybody at this point and there's no cheerers it's just us out there alone holding their calves holding their quads holding their side stitches sad very very sad passed a lot of people and then had a few people who really nailed their pacing past me and we all sort of suffered together in that part but it was a pretty pretty epic funny place to be uh, and I just kept thinking, okay, just get to 40 kilometers or even 39 kilometers and then there's only three left and that's kind of the end and you know the shoot, the last kilometer has all the people, you won't feel a thing, so just keep running, just keep running. This stomach thing got worse and worse, I couldn't really even breathe. That was super weird, still couldn't sort out what was going on and the bottom of my feet were burning. So I don't know if you guys have ever had this happen, but it happens to me in some shoes if they're too thin and I didn't think these shoes were going to do it where it's just this epic burning feeling and a light blister all along the ball of my foot, which is weird and super painful. And I was trying to just think the pain away, which I mostly did, but it was definitely uncomfortable. But I mean, at that point in the race, something's gonna hurt, right? Whether it's your feet or your quads or something. But the feet and the torso pain were way worse than my legs. And after the race, my legs weren't even that bad. And that was kind of the frustrating part was knowing, okay, they had more in them, but I couldn't mitigate the feet and the torso issue, which is why I thought, okay, I need to try this again. Got to the finish line, three hours, 15, saw my family, saw Katie, and was still really happy with that. I mean, that's like a 435-ish kilometer pace. Don't know what that is in miles which is faster than I ever thought I would run a marathon. It's definitely a BQ, which I wasn't super concerned about, but it wasn't my goal. It's definitely an okay marathon time and I'm not upset about that at all. Finishing a marathon is a super hard goal that a lot of people have and I am in no means pouting. I'm very happy. I do feel that my training might have had me a little bit faster and that's the part that is disappointing or that makes me want to try again is that 
there's probably more potential. And that's part of the fun of these road races is that you are comparing yourself to yourself and nobody else. And so I get to go out and give it a try again and see. And actually, one person on Instagram said, well, you did the best you could with that day's conditions. And another day will just have a whole other set of problems, which is true. And that is really good way to think of it, that shit happens, essentially. And you do what you can on race day. The absolute best part was my parents were there, Andy was there, Baker was there, so many of our friends were there. Katie's husband came and met us after. We all got to go to a patio and have drinks and all of the racers were there. Baker was in such good spirits. And I ran into probably four people that knew me from Instagram because they listened to the podcast. So shout out to all of you guys. Some of them ran, some of them were watching. Um, saw some of them at the expo at the start line that always makes my day so much and I really did not expect it in a road race so I was stoked on that we were at the pub did not feel like eating you kind of dream of these like post-race foods I think we sat there for a long time Katie and I both just ended up ordering some fries which we didn't crush or anything it took a while to want to eat a lot but I later on realized that my stomach cramps was because I had lady problems that appeared at 30k which has never happened to me mid-race but that is why my stomach went absolutely crazy so there could not have been worse timing for that to happen and that's when it happened and I guess my stomach probably just like seized up given the effort and all the hormones so that is kind of annoying which also leads me to feel like I need to try again but hey that's also just going to happen sometimes. So it is what it is. And then I went for a walk in the trails yesterday and realized that's where I want to be. So I'm excited to get back to the trails. It's funny. I normally have very good self-talk as well. But upon reflecting on the race, it was so weird how the like little voice in my head was so different for this race than it is for trails. I guess in the trails I feel confident and like I expect in a good way to be able to handle whatever the course throws at me. And I had things I wanted to say to myself when things were hurting, which I did, and they do work, particularly the last 5K, just repeating pain isn't real or just keep running, simple things like that, that you can kind of just focus in on and continue moving. Because at that point, it feels like the finish line is so far away, but it is coming quick. So it's just step by step. But what I, I kind of even forgot about until now, a few days later, the tiny voice, so if we have two voices in our head, maybe that's just me. So the one I'm like consciously saying out loud, but then the little one in the back of my mind was so funny. Not funny, it was terrible. And to fix that, I don't quite know how. But for example, there's photographers all over the race. Um, and I remember thinking or hearing that they were probably saying to themselves, look at this idiot who's failed and runs so badly and is so slow and they've had to wait all day there for me to take this photo and I look like I'm in so much pain and why are these people cheering when they know I've already not kept the pace I was training for and just so mean and embarrassed kind of which is 
I guess part of it when you're in the depths, like it might be your brain trying to tell you to slow down and stop. Maybe you've already failed, so why continue in this? Who knows what it is? But I thought that was interesting. So that would be something that maybe if I knew was coming in the next road race, because it doesn't happen in the trails at all, I could tell from a voice of reason to some degree to shut up. Because then if you look at the stats, it came 40th out of 2,102 women or something. Like that is not the photographer sitting going, look at this person. And it's a marathon. So if I flip it around and I'm sitting on the sidelines, I'm equally as impressed with the person who's running their first marathon in five or six or whatever hours. So I would never treat someone else like that. And I would never truly believe that someone else at the back of the pack wasn't doing well because I know how hard it is. Especially what if you've never run that distance before, then your mind is just totally blown at the pain that you're in. So why I would think people would be saying that about me, I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Anyways, I don't really know what the point of that is, I guess, other than to express that we all, even when a strength of mine is positive self-talk, it still comes up as an issue. So I think just saying like, we all have these weird things that you have to learn and you can't prepare for things that you don't know will happen. I mean, you can try as much as you can, uh, but there was no way of knowing that some of the things that happened would happen. So that's why you learn so much from doing these races, and then that's why it's fun to try again. And again, I want to reiterate, I think it was Hillary Matheson who said, you did as best as you could with the conditions on that day. And it's easy to think, well, I need to try again because I could have different conditions, like different hormones, different whatever but you'll just face a different set of conditions on a different day that you have to then deal with. So I like that. Anyways, I just went for a jog in the trails where I just had to walk straight up and it was so epic. And I'm so excited for that to be summer. And I reiterating again, it's like when you don't see a friend for a long time and you forget how nice it is to hang out with them because you've been pounding the pavement all winter and now you get to go hang out and do whatever you want to do. So I suggest if you're feeling any lack of motivation, try a different out of your comfort zone race and then you get to come back to what feels so good. Okay, thank you for listening to me blab on for a long time. If you want to see more pictures of the race or pictures of Baker, go to Hillsport55 on Instagram. Check us out there. There's a link in that bio to the Patreon site, which has all the backlogs of interviews. And we have a few really awesome interviews to come. And yeah. Cheers, everybody!